You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's guest is Rainwolf. Meet Jordan Cook, a musician who simply kicks ass. I was first introduced to his music well back in 2013, largely due to his mind-blowing live shows. To say he's playing music live doesn't do it enough justice. I mean, to watch him perform is to quite literally see a man offer his body up for sacrifice. Now I know, that might sound pretty extreme, but trust me when I say you've never seen a performer like Jordan before. And after all this time, he's finally released his debut album, Hear Me Out, an album that distills his brash approach to rock and will leave your mind truly blown. I caught up with Jordan on Skype while he was on tour to promote the album, and we talk about how this album came to be and why he feels that a live show is an important ritual to be bold. This is the 405 Exchange with Rainwolf. Enjoy. so much that I want to ask you, especially centered around your live show. Uh, I guess the first, the, well, the best way to start this is, um, tell me, when was your first ever experience watching a show in a venue? Um, I think I was about four years old. Um, I grew up in a place called Saskatoon, Saskatchewan in Canada. It's kind of the middle of Canada. And uh, my dad took me to... Um, a venue that had like a kind of like a matinee jam session and uh, I remember yeah like I say I was about four and I was standing in front of the stage and was just blown away <laughs> you know <laughs> that's amazing to me that you can remember that and the, the reason I asked this is because I feel like you're the type of guy that feels at home in venues especially rock clubs like would it be a stretch to assume you feel most at home in those sweaty and beer-soaked rooms? I would say just, you know, anytime we get to play and you get on stage, it's it's interesting because um, that kind of energy uh, definitely has a, has a comfortable feeling where, you know, other people get freaked out by it, but I, I gotta say I welcome it. I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, and... Huh. There, there's going to be an intro to this, but I, I love, like, bringing in uh, an element that's in the intro that's relevant to the talk. And one of those is, at, like, you know, asking about just venues in general. Um, I've yeah. seen you live before, and I can honestly say I've never seen anyone perform the way you do. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. Um, yeah, I, there's no doubt every um venue that you go to just has a different energy and you feed off that and you play to that you know and that's kind of the thing that keeps um uh playing live so exciting is because it's kind of an uncontrolled situation it's like you can't put that on it just happens you know without without you really having the control of what's gonna happen you know yeah and i feel like there's this amazing contrast to what you just said where in day-to-day -day life things are pretty structured things are pretty much like set in place of like go here do this give this amount of money get this but see, right. seeing your show reminds me that uh spontaneity is still a thing that exists i think that that's the the best part of 
uh, of getting out and playing is, yeah, just not really knowing where it's going to go. And, um, yeah, that, uh, that keeps it really exciting for sure. Yeah, if I had to describe it to someone who's ever seen you live before, like when you hit the stage, I would say it's you're playing in a way that's beautifully aggressive. And, you know, I bring that up to ask, what do you feel you're getting out of it? Like seeing you live, it very much feels like it's something you need to be doing, like something that you're put you're pulling out of you. Is that like Yeah, yeah, that's really nicely put actually. Um, you know, it's one of those where I've always been really fortunate to be able to kind of shut off and just be able to play. And sometimes after you're done, yeah, like after we're done playing, I couldn't have even told you what the hell we just played. It, it just kind of, it's one of those where you kind of get lost in it. And those are the good nights. Those are the nights where it's like, it's very freeing and it's like, you're not thinking it just happens. And, um, yeah, I, I would say that's that's probably my my absolute favorite part, you know. Yeah, that's massive, man. Uh, I'm gonna start asking about the music. I mean, it's kind yeah. of crazy that it took as long as it did for Hear Me Out to come out, especially when you first started making noise in the scene. But that's not uncommon, and I'm curious, what was the story behind how Hear Me Out was made? Well, um, we toured quite some time without having a record and going out with bands like Black Sabbath and Pixies and all these bands that we look up to and not having a record kind of seemed a bit upside down and backwards and there's just something about doing it your own way and and it felt kind of like after this amount of time that uh, again releasing an album in a time where you know albums are less celebrated but to the musician and to the artists and the, the rest of the band and everything, we were all like, it's kind of upside down and backwards to have a record in year 2019. And it just kind of felt right to, to you know, uh, give our fans um, something uh, more than just the live show because the, the live show has been celebrated and I think it's the next step to have a record. And even being out and playing all these new songs and stuff, it's like, it's really fresh for us too. It's, it's, um, it's like living on the, you know, like living on the edge again, like me trying to remember what the lyrics are and, and <laughs> the band, uh, we're kind of stretching it out and not necessarily doing it the way it was recorded, kind of, you know, uh, every night is different sort of approach. And, and yeah, I guess now having people know the songs a bit more and kind of doing different versions night after night it's just like it really keeps it like um special for all themes you know yeah that's wicked it's almost like in a lot of ways you found a new way to keep it exciting which is massive really. yeah yeah well and that's the thing it yeah it did take a long time but at the same time looking back on yeah that took a while at the same time this record kind of came together in the last little uh, bit really quickly. Like, we didn't um, overfuss about, like, you know, um, what the arrangements were, any of those things. It was just like, which version feels right? Okay, let's go with it, you know? And, it, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been really exciting just even watching. Um, we were just in Texas at South by Southwest and just watching... You know, crowds actually knowing the lyric and stuff like that. Now it's a, 
it's pretty exciting just to watch the difference, you know? Yeah, no, that's really damn cool, man. Uh, Black and Red does a really great job at encapsulating what you're talking about, and it's a track with a lot of teeth, but what really struck me is that there's still a touch of melody at its core, especially during those quiet moments. Uh, how did you yeah. come across making this one? You know, Black and Red was one of those where we had actually oddly like four or five different versions of it and there was this one that was super cool it like had a stonesy kind of um vibe to it like we we had a bunch of percussion and stuff like that on it and and it was like it was really cool but it felt almost forced it was like you know you, you never want to come off like you're trying to be too cool and 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 it we just kind of went back and started listening again to where the song started and then um got back in the studio and just kind of um just played how we played and not worried about like you know the parts like i was saying and instead just playing the song and that version was was like not an edited thing it basically was exactly how we played it and just caught a moment and i think for you know our fans i think that that's again being a live band first is that that kind of thing comes off um, more true, you know? And, and yeah, Black and Red, like I say, it's one of those where I even love the original demo of it still. And this actually satisfies uh, as well, which is weird because, you know, it's, it's one of those things once you, once you have a couple of versions, it's like you like pieces of each of it. The black and red, for some reason, that one stood out. Everybody I played that one to was like, yep, there it is, you know? Yeah. So. Dude, that's beautiful. And, you know, I pointed out the element of melody. Um, I know it might even sound like a silly thing to point out, but I think sometimes uh, even people like me who love, like, heavy music, and I think for a lot of people who love heavy music, I think sometimes it could be missed or forgotten that, there's still a capability to put mel uh, elements of melody within songs like that. Does it surprise yeah. even you? Yeah, I would say that that one, um, actually, uh, you're in England, right? Is that correct? Uh, I'm in New York, but I'm from England originally, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Anyway, I was uh, I was told that there was some UK uh, happening, and, and I gotta tell you that yeah. the guy that I originally wrote that song with was, he's a He's from London. Um, his name's Matt Hales. Oh, wow. and, and yeah, and he he is like one of my like he's one of my favorite songwriters. And like him and I just basically were having a jam. That's he awesome. was on drum, and um, I was on guitar. And and that song really just came out of him and I having a jam, and then both singing over top of it, and we went with it. And that's. You know, it's funny you say melody because it actually doesn't really have a chorus. It's kind of like those down moments. Um, yeah. Instead of having like a, a structured chorus, it's almost like the bridge keeps falling in or something, you know? And that, that to me is so cool because it was like we weren't searching for a chorus or anything and there was still melody in there. And I think that that is some of his doing he's a he's kind of a he's a really smart dude but it was really natural you know so that's a good thing that interesting that you point that out with the lack of chorus because i guess when i bring up melody 
it feels like there's like this kind of through line within the chord progressions but yeah that's, yeah it's really yeah. Goes. yeah yeah it's a fun one to play man i i gotta say that <laughs> um we've only now played it like i'm gonna say maybe eight times at the very most and um and it's been so it's been so nice to play that one because there's just energy and then all of a sudden it just falls down you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, the yeah. next song I want to ask about is Keeper. Uh, that's a song that grabbed me, especially with the level of nuance that's within the song itself. It's one of the tracks where your vocal feels the most prominent. How did you approach doing your vocals for this one? Um, you know what? I actually recorded that in two different places, the vocal. And just there was something about that one. It was actually done in the bass player's basement, um, that, that vocal. Uh uh, SJ uh, has a studio, uh, and he uh, basically had me over, and I had that version kind of sitting there, and I was I was just kind of like I haven't really got a vocal sound that I think goes well with the music, and we kind of just got a vocal sound, and I let it down, and it was that, you know. Um, but I do agree, it was a really good moment caught. Um, it just it, it felt kind of natural. And, again not really overthought it just already was something you know yeah you know what i love that because you know from everything you're saying it feels like what you got from performing so much is that element of trusting your instincts which i think a lot of musicians tend yeah. to forget yeah there's there's no doubt that um you know the, the gut usually knows and you can sit there and trick yourself but it, you usually know at the end of it all whether or not it feels like the right situation or not, you know? And there has to be a time where you also, um, you know, uh, move on from it too, because I, I, like I said, I had a few different versions of a couple of these songs and I kind of was just like, you know what, we could just keep recording versions and versions and there's pieces and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, one of them, one of them's just gonna talk to you, and and that's the way this worked out. And, and Keeper really is, again, uh, just a kind of something that was simple, and and it wasn't something I was fighting. It just happened, you know. Yeah, I totally got that. Um, I really need to hear about how the video for Over and Over came together. It's pretty wild how well <laughs> your music fits with that footage. It's kind of trippy. Yeah, well, you know what's really cool. Um, uh, that was done over <laughs> over a span of two hours. Um, basically, um, I had uh, uh, Steve, our manager, um, he kind of got in with um, a friend of his named Marshall, and they basically were helping me come up with an idea, and no joke, that that kind of just presented itself, that footage. We were kind of just watching old, like, werewolf footage, and next thing you know, we noticed it was done in Canada, and that's where I was originally, that's where I'm from, and it's just kind of like, something about it, it, it kind of showed us that that was the video. And seriously, that was done the day it came out. Like, really? It was, yeah, like, <laughs> I've never had something kind of just drop in my hands like that. And, and, you know, you always want a great video and the whole bit, but the fact is, again, it was, let's not think about this, let's just let it go and, and see what happens. And it really feels, uh, 
it feels, uh, you know, that, that song could have many different videos, but that one just kind of felt like the right, uh, the right thing, you know? Felt very Rainwolf to me, you know? Yeah, it definitely did. And honestly, dude, I love how much you're able to keep things to the chest like that. Because I, I feel like, as a music fan, when you're able to do that as a creator, it just keeps things in their most uh, pure, artistic um, inception. The, like, just yeah. keeping it like that. Yeah, no, there's no doubt that um, it's, I'm, a, I'm a true believer in you don't force it and then things will just happen, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd love to talk to you a bit about your band. It's one thing to find um, talented musicians, but it's incredible that your bandmates, uh, SJ and Joseph, also seem quite devoted to your vision. Yeah, no, they, they're honestly, those are brothers of mine. Those guys, um, basically, I, I met um, Joseph at a Soundgarden show through um, uh, Ben Shepard, the bass player, who is a dear friend of mine, and he basically was just like joking around like this is your drummer this is your drummer <laughs> and and then we finally had a jam and no joke we were on stage within 24 hours and it was like okay i guess we're playing music now you know <laughs> and and it's really cool because uh, we've played ever since that and that was you know i think that was in about 2011 and wow. uh and yeah and uh it was like I think towards the end of 2011, and yeah, we started touring and going crazy in 2012, and that was kind of the start. So Joseph has always kind of been there, and then SJ, I met him when I was 11 years old, and and he basically, I just heard he was a bass player that you know he was a young guy, and and basically could really play and. Again, we had a jam, and he's been one of my best friends since I was a little kid. And it's like we've always played music together, whether it's in bands or it's just um, just for fun, you know. And he, yeah, he's really brilliant because he can play um, basically all the instruments. And and the fact is, when we when we jam, we all kind of play each other's instruments and stuff. And you know, unique things come, and it's. It's so cool because um, it's just, it's one of those things that you, it just, again, fell into place versus being forced. It was like the right guys were at the door at the right time. And it just, it feels so good to be able to travel with guys that, you know, I genuinely love, you know? Yeah, man. And what's amazing about that, all of that to me is, I mean, I brought up, uh, I brought them up because, like I said, it was, it's kind of crazy to have uh, a band where they clearly care and uh, are devoted to your vision but with the way you're talking about them and like how you met them it, it's like it was never even a question like they're yeah, definitely the people exactly. you should be doing music with no exactly and like i said even when sj and i didn't play music together uh live we still you know in the background were writing songs and like you know he helped me um uh come up with electric love um, uh, you know, early on and stuff like that before he actually even played in the band. And it's like, he's always kind of been there. And again, it's, it's just that whole, um, don't question it, just let it happen. And it's, it's cool because, you know, at first I would say Rain Wolf wasn't a very, uh, bass, bass heavy thing. And now having an actual bass player, that's just He's my favorite bass player, and having him in the band is just like, it's really special, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. 
I just want to bring up a couple more things before I let you go here. Um, yeah. Some friends of mine have noticed that when you play live, you shroud your pedal boards in uh, black fabric. I imagine, yeah. yeah, I imagine the reason is to make sure your sound is protected. But tell me, when did you start doing that and what kind of prompted that idea? Well, the actual truth is we were playing at, uh, we got really lucky. We played at Coachella uh, during, I think it was the first year of Rainwolf. And, and um, you know, I had a fuzz pedal that couldn't handle the heat. And I started covering it up because I was like, it would, every time it would get heat on it, it would just kind of freak out and, like, stop working. Oh, and, shit. And, yeah, and our guitar tech at the time was, like, putting it in ice before we were going Holy on fuck. stage and stuff. Yeah, and, and, it, and it ended up being, like, a sound I really loved. And I kind of just kept it going. It wasn't like, hey, don't look at my stuff. It, it mainly was to cover up. The, the pedal from freaking out because it, it was kind of like one of those things that it just did not like heat or weather change and then um, yeah I just kind of kept it going and it also another thing I noticed was I don't think about the pedals when I'm playing them if they're just sitting there and they're they're not like in my face I kind of find that that way it's like again you're not you're not thinking you're you're you just kind of play and sometimes i'll just step on things and i don't even know what the hell's turning on and, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it inspires the moment it really does you know that's amazing so, to me to hear yeah, that. so it's always been kind of like a even a strange thing for me you know yeah wow that's definitely not the answer i was expecting that's so cool man <laughs> yeah cheers yeah um a good amount of friends of mine are photographers, and I'm a t photographer as well. And uh, awesome. yeah, and I was put onto your music from seeing live photos of your shows. And it's funny, I think of out of all the acts I've talked to in the last couple months, I think you're like the quintessential example of that, where someone sees a photo of you performing, and it's like, I need to hear this guy's music. Oh, uh, that's really cool. I appreciate that. I, you know what? Um, it's kind of just been one of those things where it's always been a feeling to me and like to be able to share that and and you know have everybody in the band versus just the band be in the band it's, it feels like you know every time we play that um there's this you know electric energy of of you know what the crowd brings to it yeah. and and we're just bouncing it off each other and there's just that that thing again it's unexplainable but when it happens it's just it's the it's the most special thing so so seeing some of that get captured is really cool because it's cool when a photo can speak you know yeah it's a yeah it's it's a cool thing well i, I think something that must trip you out a little bit in a good way is that you know obviously your shows can get a bit crazy a little frenetic like people moving in the crowd it could get very hectic so when you see photographers in there and they're able to like kind of keep up the pace, I mean, how do you feel about that? That's almost like you could tell that they're getting into it too. Like that has to be pretty wild, right? Yeah, I love it. Um, like I say, when when everybody becomes a part of the show, it's just like it's it's the very best thing. And I was actually just gonna do a shout out. There's uh, this really great uh, photographer in um, in Brooklyn that uh, we've used a couple times. He's, he's, he's uh, 
just a, a guy that shows up at some shows, and his his shots have. Been, we've had so many really great photographers at at our shows, and we've been just so lucky. And like I say, but there's just shots that sometimes just have that thing where it's like it really captures that moment and it's like to be able to as the artist i don't go back and look at all the things but every once in a while when you get sent these things and you get blown away by it it's just like it's so special you know um but anyway um yeah we played at this is what why i bring him up is we played at um uh uh a place called Baby's All Right the night before we were out with Black Sabbath, which was, you know, a sweaty, I would say, 500 people in a club sort of thing in Brooklyn. And um, and there was people <laughs> uh, uh, crowd surfing and stuff like that and jumping off the stage. And it was just a crazy night. And there was this guy that was um, crowd surfing on his skateboard. And the what? fact that... Yeah, and the fact that that happened at our show, and I was like, dude, it's going to kill somebody, you know? Like, it was just, it was so energetic. It was one of those nights where the roof was sweating, actually, you know? And anyway, um, this guy, Dylan, really caught it. Like, he caught some of the, the, the moments, and I was just so blown away by it because it's like, you know, to see somebody surfing basically on their <laughs> skateboard in the crowd while the band is playing it's just unbelievable you know that's beyond wild holy shit i had no idea that happened up yeah time. we actually even stopped the show halfway through it was like hey man <laughs> this is the best but at the same time we want to obviously save our save our um uh, uh crowd from you know getting a skateboard in the high. but i gotta say when you're playing you wake up to that moment of of uh you know uh, somebody swinging a skateboard and surfing on it is just just wild yeah i just want to do a quick shout out to my friends omar and shane they were also at that oh, show they love the best <laughs> the best i gotta say omar he's another one and that is just 10 out of 10 unbelievable photos and they just speak to us so much you know and i probably know shane as well i off the top of my head um uh I just know that Omar has really um, uh, shown up for us. And, and, yeah, we're just so thankful to have people that have just unbelievable talent like that and care about the band, you know? No, totally. Uh, I just have one more question for you. And, um, you know, it does refer to the shows. I mean, it's without a doubt that the shows will be getting bigger from this point as more people find your music. And we talked a lot about the intimate nature of your shows. But tell me, how do you think you'll still aim to make the shows uh, feel intimate as they get bigger. Is that something you've been finding yourself thinking about? Um, I kind of, yeah, no, I, I don't really think about it. I just kind of, I really do welcome the, the, the crowds and like, I, I just kind of find that it's exciting whenever whoever shows up. It's again, it's just one of those things that I love the fact that every time we play more and more people, um, show but it's it's kind of like one of those things where you know we're gonna do it no matter what and it and it feels good and it's just like it's nice man i i gotta say again 
having that whole juxtaposition uh, just the night before Sabbath at that club, it was like, it's what, 500 people. And then going into Barclay Center, that's like, I don't even know what that is, maybe 25,000 or something crazy like that. Um, but I got to say that type of energy shift is like, I love to play to that and, and it be, you know, surprising for, for us too, you know? So I wonder then, just like uh, bouncing off that, say like Rainwolf then gets booked to play like a venue that's like a thousand, two thousand people. There's like no worry in your mind and like making that show still feel visceral, I guess. No, I really think no matter what we do, I think no matter what, like even um, in the, the stadium situation was like for us, it, it really was one of those things where it was just a natural you go up and do your thing and you know obviously having people really close to you is really special like there's been shows where people are on stage with us and there's something about that energy but you we always figure out a way you know that's, <laughs> you know that's why sometimes you know you'll find us in the audience like playing because it's like i'll, I'll do anything to make sure the um crowd and myself and the band are feeling together you know yeah well that's as good as time as any uh jordan thanks so much man i'm really glad i got to talk to you finally yeah really great to great to talk to you too and um yeah. hopefully we'll catch you up at a show again yeah definitely i'm more than sure i'll be at the next one in new york dude can't wait man yeah. have a good one yeah have a good one thanks dude. welcome back